Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Nick Hayes with you from Media Stable. Hello, Lana Hill. Hello, Nick Hayes from Media Stable. No, you're not. You, you, who are you from? You're... I am Lana Hill from Expert <laughs> Registry. So there you go. We're <laughs> off to a flyer here already, aren't we? Hey, um, good to have you there. I've got a really special guest here today. Yes. And I'm pretty excited because he's he's been a, a long-term friend of mine in the communications game and industry. That's I've cool. interviewed him many times on a former podcast. Yes, the one and only brand newsroom. Oh, yes. Well, that yeah, a long time ago, that Very one. Very famous. But uh, the reason he's good is because he just delivers. And he's sort of, uh, I won't say he's the granddaddy or the godfather <laughs> of communications PR, but he is the PR warrior. Trevor Young, welcome to the Experts Podcast. Nick Hayes, thank you very much. Hi, Lana. Hi, Trev. Thanks for Tre- being here. Trev, it's no, thank you. It's one of those things. I think you know when you're looking for a post-pandemic world and you're looking at how do we communicate and can we communicate better. No better person to talk to than your good self. How, <laughs> thank you very much for that. How are you seeing? How did you see that pandemic uh, time? That twelve months of us completely immersed with. COVID-19, health and all that good stuff. How did you see that play out for the communications world? Yeah, it's a good question, Nick, because it's – and it's one that people are grappling with all the time. And I guess, you know, if we look at in Australia, our our situation is a lot different than, you know, in in the US and Europe and and the UK, et cetera. But I think, you know, there were stages, wasn't there, when it first all happened um, and and the first reaction for a lot of – I guess brands and marketers was to pull back. Yeah, uh, that was the earlier days. Everyone just sort of pulled back and didn't want to be seen to be sort of pushing or promoting or anything, um, unless you're a, a retailer selling uh, 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 white goods and appliances. Uh, and we saw those messages come up loud and clear on every single channel. But but in, in, for most, I, I thought it went sort of a lot of people went dark and quiet, and then. Then sort of, I guess the phase two was, no, people want to hear from you. Uh, you know, you need to be sort of cognizant of people's situation. And I thought uh, we had a lot more empathetic, from what I could gather, uh, empathetic type communications out there. When I'm talking communications, I'm talking from, probably more from sort of the PR type communications sure. and, and through the various channels. So not just media but also you know the the content that we can see on social and the public you know content that people are creating and i thought that that went along quite nicely there wasn't too many mishaps that i sort of saw there was a few people that um i felt brands seemed to take advantage of things but i think by and large i I felt that there was a, a fair bit of empathy and respect and probably you know people over indexed on that and now we come into you know 2021 and you know, there's a, a little bit of COVID floating around, you know, you know, and it hits the headlines a little bit, but nowhere the saturation like it was. I just get the feeling that, you know, people want to get back to as, as much as normal as possible and maybe 
you know, the communications should reflect that. But I guess we have to be on our game because you don't know whether, you know, we just had Brisbane, uh, you know, having issues with, with lockdowns. And um, earlier in the year, Melbourne had, a, a you know, a five-day lockdown snap. And so I think you've just got to be on your toes. That's yeah. the thing. I think let's get back to a bit of normality. Let's get sort of positive. Uh, but you've got to be aware that, at the back of your mind, you know, if you're putting stuff out on social media and just scheduling it out, uh, it, you know, and in two months' time, something might change. You need to be aware of what you're putting out at any given stage. So I think we just need to be aware of of other states and what's happening in other, in other markets. Trev, I reckon, I reckon the pandemic has killed the scheduled post. I think the pandemic killed the, the, the scheduled post purely for the fact is that we everything's changing. It's changing minute by minute, hour by hour, yeah. day by day. And if you do send out a post that is, you know, a, a week or two weeks ahead that doesn't reflect what's happening around you, the timeframes around I you. I think social media managers would disagree with you there, any case. Would they? I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's definitely still a place for that, you know, in, in digital marketing. Of course there is. But I totally hear what you're saying. It needs to be more real time. And I think the need for people to be highly in tune mm. with their audience is yeah. yeah probably probably greater than ever. I'll take that. I'll take that on board. <laughs> I, I think you got, but I think to your point though, what you've made there, Trevor, is you've got to be flexible and you've got to be reading yeah. the state of the play, and you've got to be much more attuned. Yeah, to it. absolutely. And and let's not forget all the other political and social factors that are going on. I mean, there's so many elements. There's a lot of angst out there. There's you know, it's it, it, it you know we've come out of COVID, but you know there's a lot of uh, you know, as we've seen with in the political circles at the moment, and and um, you know, society has is 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 still pretty a uh, uh, bit of a cauldron at the moment. So it's not just COVID you need to be aware of. You need to be aware of all the societal factors, the political things that are happening, uh, all of that. There's there's a lot of elements. Before we jump into the sort of the, what the future looks like for communications, I just want to go back to that time that you did mention there. And sorry for, if you're hearing that little bit of noise in the background, that's brought to you by the construction company next door that's right next to our <laughs> studio. Um, the You mentioned that people just at the very beginning didn't know what to do. And I think that was the real key here is that everyone sort of jumped off and said, look, I'm not going to spend any money. Uh, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to uh, hold back and just play it out a little, see how this all plays out and then we saw record ratings for radio for television print numbers were up the one time that you wanted to be in the media or if you ever wanted to tell a story was that time and yet they just vacated the place in numbers yeah trevor is it uh, was that a big mistake was that a mistake by brands or did brands just didn't have anything to say at the time uh, Nick, there's a saying in journalism, uh, if in doubt, leave out. <laughs> and and it sort of still stuck with me uh, decades later. Uh, I learned that pretty quickly as a as a cadet journalist. And and I think that that's the case here. That if you if you really didn't weren't comfortable, don't go out. You know, it's better to pull back. There's nothing wrong with pulling back and just uh, taking a deep breath and seeing what's happened around you. I think that you know. people could have rushed in and made a mess of things or they could have rushed in and and really nailed it and all the opportunities that were there. So I think it's, um, I don't think it's a mistake. I never think it's a mistake to pull back uh, if you're unsure. Um, But 
you know, as we saw, and it's always great looking in the rearview mirror, of course, um, that, you know, opportunities did come up, people capitalised on it, did it well. Um, and, you know, as you say, it was record, uh, record views, record, you know, readership, everything, podcasts went through the roof. You know, there's a lot of things that did really, really work. And, and I guess if you were sort of in the online uh, e-commerce, well, online e-commerce, <laughs> if you're in the e-commerce space, then, you know, you needed to be out there because people wanted to know what was going on, how can they get this, this and this. So if you were in an industry where being useful and helpful was going to work and there was a demand for your information, well, yes, that was a time, if you were reading the play, that was a time to really jump out and, and be out there being useful and helpful. I've never... I've never seen anyone go wrong being useful and helpful. So true, so true. Trevor, I want to sort of go back a little bit more macro here and ask you about PR aside from COVID. You've obviously been in the game a really long time. What is what is good PR? Because I have a feeling what good PR looks like has changed quite a bit in your, you know, in your time in the industry. What do you think good PR looks like these days? And you know, just what what are companies and and brands expect from PR that might have changed, um, you know, over the decades? Uh, Lana, I think when it's when we talk about what is what does good public relations look like, it's it's a really holistic view. It's and and I know that you know you guys are very much around the media relations side of things, and that's just one part of yes. uh, of PR. Uh, I mean, I I believe now that PR it's just the golden period for the industry for PR and communications. We can now do the things that we perhaps always should have been able to do, but we could never do before. Ah. Uh, you know, uh, I go back into my early early days of PR, and we do videos, for example, for clients, but. Geez, those videos would cost fifty grand to take yeah. and just knock them. Yeah. You know, we'd knock them up really quickly. Or if you're doing newsletters, which I, you know, started my my PR career, I'm doing newsletters, and we know newsletters now have made a massive comeback, um, albeit online. But newsletters and take six to eight <laughs> weeks to do to get review. You know, to get them approved, reviewed, get them get them printed, get them physically distributed. So that they're. they're it just means that what we're allowed to do now with the tools at our disposal, we can communicate more effectively. Now, that's where I sort of talk about holistic because I, you know, I'm very much an owned media guy first, very, very much. You become your own media channel and that kicks off everything. It kicks off the yeah. social. And, and there's nothing wrong with pitching your wares and your ideas and your story angles to the media. That's one way to do it. But the other way is to, pull them into you by having a great profile, uh, by being out there and being a thought leader and, and, you know, showing that you've got the chops, that you know what you're talking about. And I guess the other thing is because, uh, you know, there are less journalists covering more, you know, less beat, or they're probably covering more beats, they're not as deep in the beats. I mean, I, and a beat mm. thing, you know, uh, you're just covering economics, you're just covering, you know, digital technology or whatever. I mean, you go back, it wasn't that long ago that one journalist might have responsibility for one beat or maybe two. Yeah. And they got deep into it. You could ring them up and have a coffee with them and introduce them to your client. And that was the media relations part of it. You might not have got a story straight away, but at least they knew that this person existed and they had a chance to talk to them. They haven't got that time now. They're, it's a really they're good too point. busy. They've, they've got to create more content than ever before. Uh, there's less people to do more work. And so, therefore, building trust with them is incredibly important. But 
the other thing is you'll know, you know, you guys know only too well that they go to different sources to get uh, to get information. So they might go to, you know, to, to you guys, to Media Stable, uh, to, to use your directory. Uh, you know, they'll put the call out. We see it often on Twitter. Um, they'll use their sources to find, oh, I need a speaker. I need an expert in this, whatever, whatever this topic is. And if it comes back, if you've already got a profile and someone says, oh, you should talk to such and such, they won't talk to you directly. They'll check you out first to make sure that, you know, you have the bona fides, the professional bona fides, you have an opinion, you have, you've got a podcast, are you blogging, are you active on socials, all of that sort of stuff. So to my mind, it's that still owned media starts there. Social media is a part of that. And the earned media uh, and the media relations is part of that. And I think holistically seeing all of those three, uh, uh, I guess, media together is the way to go because they, you know, if you're specialising in one area, you're missing out on the other two. And so one plus one plus one equals four in that regard. <laughs> Love it. That There's the, the equation. And I, it, it, when you were talking then, it just reminded me when we were talking to Gareth Parker from 6PR, when he was talking about his expertise and his sort of breadth of knowledge across many, many subjects. Yeah. It's a mile wide, but it's probably only an inch thick. And, <laughs> and But that's it. You know, when, in the old days when sil- journos were working in silos and working in industries, yeah. they, they were as much the expert, the journalist, as oh. the experts they were yeah. talking to. Yeah, so true. Nowadays. It's a really good point. It's a really different world because they just don't have that opportunity to be so in-depth. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we need to adjust accordingly. C- correct. Yep. Absolutely. Trev, it does take me to my next question. There, that, that's that's a really good uh, segue now for audiences and where audiences are sitting now because that's the challenge I think that most still see. If you're earning and, and as you do, you you own your own media, but it's also it's a good thing to own your own media. But do you have audience? And because there's so much competition and there's so much, so many people are screaming and yelling to get our attention. How have you seen the audience behaviour? play out across traditional media, social media, new media, where where are you seeing that play out to? Yeah, it's it's a good point, Nick. The uh, I think it's the biggest challenge that any any communicator or marketer has is just cutting through. Yeah. Just just cutting through uh, is, is is critical and then keeping people's attention and uh, keeping it ongoing. Um, people I, 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 I see that people, the audience, uh, individuals are, are becoming their own editors. And when I say editors, they'll look at the types, where do they get their information from? So there might be, they might still read, you know, The Age or the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, they might listen to one radio station, three podcasts, follow a couple of blogs and Instagram of, you know, three different people and maybe, you know, uh, a handful of people on Twitter if they're in the B2B and they're looking at, up at the thought leaders. Uh, so it's a matter of getting onto someone's, I guess, their palette of um, of, uh, of media sources, and that's that's the challenge we all face. And and I think we're, you know, we're we're probably kidding ourselves if we think we can just cut through once. I mean, people need to mm-hmm. be exposed to your story, your message, your content. You know, research has told us anywhere between nine and fifteen times before they even take notice and trust you. Yeah. So that's why uh, I think if you're going to go down this path as a brand to be out there communicating, you need to pop up in a lot of channels. Now, I know that that's really hard to do, and particularly if you're a small business, uh, it's really hard to be on every channel. So my 
my advice has always been uh, for someone wanting to build up their audiences to start on you know one good channel, whether it's a podcast, a blog, or a you know a YouTube channel, and then one good social media, maybe a second a secondary one. You know, if it's B two B, it's going to be LinkedIn or whatever. Master those and then grow go into another one rather than try and do every channel all at once. Great advice. Um, the the good thing with being in the media is that 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 extends your reach and builds credibility and that gives you more things to share. So again, that that fits into that equation as well. But it, it's a matter of you know people will find you. You know, every, we we get besotted with SEO, but. You know, people only will find you through SEO if they've got intent. They're actually got a problem they're looking to solve sure. or, or they're doing research for whatever reason. But ultimately, you know, they'll find you someone, they might be on a webinar and you, you get mentioned or uh, they see a tweet or a retweet from someone else about something you've done or shared. There's a lot of digital serendipity in it. And I think that <laughs> um, we need to be able to, uh, you know, if if you're consistently out there with a consistent story, a consistent message, and that's branding, isn't it, about being consistent. If you're showing up all the time, if you're being useful and helpful, relevant, provocative, uh, whatever it is, there's a consistency to the channels you're on and, and, and the content you put out, then the people will take notice. Now, I think sometimes we, we think we need big audiences, and I think those days are gone, you know, mm. like – how, how many big, oh, not even brands, brands, they say, oh, I want to do a video and I want it to go viral. Why? I mean, you just, or podcasts, you don't need the biggest audience, you just need the right audience. And, and, and Trev, that is such a good point, the right audience. Because yeah. if you really drill down to any client or to any business, and if you ask them, who is it exactly you want to be speaking to? I reckon you'd be challenged to get more than a dozen people or a dozen businesses that they're looking to communicate. So what's the point? of being on the front page of the Daily Telegraph yeah. that has a readership there of 400-odd thousand plus. And really, are you getting through to them via that channel? Oh. Send the send the article yeah. to the 12 clients that you're looking to go away and influence. Yeah. And don't worry about whether they've seen it or not in the Daily Telly. It's obvious that you're in the Daily Telly when you cut and paste it and send it off to them. Oh, you've got to know in the first place, though. I mean, I think That's we see true. a lot of businesses that don't actually know ideally who they're trying to connect with, who they're trying to capture. So once you know, obviously the power's in your hands. But some, but some isn't them, this – sorry. I, I, go for it, sorry. Trevor. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, isn't this, though, going back, you know, it still happens today – you know, uh, some brands or CEOs or leaders, they want to be in a the Fin Review or something like that when maybe maybe it's better to be in a smaller uh, vertical title, you know, positioned really well. Yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes a smaller story positioned well is better than a bigger profile in, in another magazine sort of thing. It's so I think we've point. got to be smarter with who is our audience? Are we deepening the connection with them? Are we growing them? Are we nurturing them? Uh, are we doing that ongoing? And, you know, how many businesses are always looking for new leads, new leads, new leads, new leads, but they forget the people who are already the customers, the advocates, the champions, the allies of their business? And so I think, you know, I look at the people who we directly want to influence, but what about the people who influence them as well? Exactly. So I think that we need to be just a bit more, I guess, circumspect with who our audience is, how big it is, um, and, and how we communicate with them. I think a smaller, engaged audience 
it's much, much better than a big one that might look great, but it's disengaged and there's no influence there. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Trev, you're a, you're a massive user of, and I think you were probably the trailblazer back in the days when podcasting was just coming through. Um, you were the content marketing space. You saw that coming coming up as well. I just want to reflect on your podcasting because you, you're, you're an avid podcaster. What is it that you love about it? Because obviously it's something that you own, but you get to do some, you, you've interviewed some pretty cool people over your time, myself included. <laughs> Definitely yourself. I, I, I'm just a big fan of audio on demand content. Obviously, podcasting is one part of it. We're seeing audio really, you know, come out in different ways, Clubhouse being another example. Um, but I think that with podcasting, again, it's, it's, you can be very niche. Uh, you can appeal to a very sort of sharp, small audience. Uh, and they're only going to listen to you if they're interested. Sure. You know, people don't listen to podcasts if they're not interested. So if you've got a following on uh, on um, on a podcast, I think it's you know you've got to respect that audience. They're giving you time. Um, it's it's an intimate medium because most people are going to be listening to it through uh, earbuds. Um, they might be doing something else, but that's the beauty of it is that they can do something else. Whereas you can't really watch video and you know, work out at the gym so much. Um, and and, and the, all the research shows that people who listen to podcasts listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And they often will listen through uh, pretty much to the end of, of the podcast. So in that respect, it's probably the preeminent uh, medium uh, in terms of being able to connect with people. And uh, that's what I love about it. But I think that we're seeing podcasting, uh, live streaming, video, they're all connecting now. People are creating shows. So the, the humble podcast, some people, podcasters now are live streaming or they're now doing video. I use a tool, uh, a platform called Riverside, riverside.fm. Uh, there are others, Squadcast, where in that they're now recording video as well and very good video as well, much better than, than you'd get on Zoom. And so the tools and the technology have improved. And so now we've got a video show and a podcast. And some people are now live streaming. So they've got a live stream, they've got a video, they're live streaming to Facebook, they, on, on Twitter, on Insta, a whole lot. And so that's the exciting thing to me. Um, there's um, a, a, a business called Yellow Tuxedo uh, in England and they, they have a, uh, it's called the Magic Hour and it's a short run live stream, but they have a magician, uh, they have two guests and it is a show. <laughs> and, and it's well put together. That's so awesome. We need a magi- we need a magician in the we do. Well, this is where we've been going wrong, Nick. I, I think it's sometimes uh, we- Nick. Yeah. Nick, it's a visual thing, mate. It's a visual <laughs> thing. Very hard for podcasting. Yeah, well, that's that's why I love podcasting. It's a little bit less of the visuals, and uh, as I sit here in my board shorts and thongs. <laughs> Trevor, yeah, you've got 192 episodes up on the on the Reputation Revolution, and um, you know you're heading towards 200. So well done on that. And I, I, I've Thank looked you. back at some of the guests that you've had, and um, some good friends of mine in there as well. But it's just a, a really good way. You know what I love about podcasting, though, Trevor. At the end of the day is I get to talk to people like you. This is the beauty of it. Yeah. And I think this is where sometimes we lose out on communications is that it's not about what we get or what we influence or who we try to win over. It's just, you know what, make a connection, build a relationship. Yeah. And I don't yeah, think, yeah. You, I think we underestimate that sometimes in communications. 
I think absolutely we do. I, if, if you podcast and you interview people and smart people, you are going to be smarter at the, <laughs> at the finish of that podcast than it's when you true. started. Yeah. And when you go back into it and you're writing show notes and creating snippets, you're, you're really uh, for video or audio snippets to, you know, to get wider promotion of distribution, you're actually, you know, taking in some great ideas. And part of, I think, a podcaster, their role is to synthesize a lot of ideas and then tell a bigger story. And I think that, you know, again, we're always besotted by, let's get the big names, the huge names, you know, but I find the people who are the most interesting stories are the ones that aren't necessarily the big names. They've been flying under the radar. And so I always have, always keep an eye out for, I'm a pretty curious guy and when I'll see something on Twitter or I don't know where it'll come from. And I'll just say, I need to talk to that person about that topic. Yeah. And um, I mean, I've got a, you know, as you do and, and most podcasters, you sort of have a, a kind of a mission or a, I guess some editorial guidelines of, you know, what makes a good guest and the sorts of stuff that you want to do. Um, with mine, it's about establishing your voice, enhancing the credibility of your voice, extending the reach of your voice, and then extracting the value from your oh. voice and the reputation that you build. Now, that's a lot of stuff. In each one of those, there's a lot of things. So what I try to do is connect the dots for people and they, and they can see a bigger picture thing. And then for they might say, oh, you've just done something on live streaming. That's interesting. I'll go now follow someone on live streaming and go deep into that. So that's where I've found myself today is, is more joining the dots. And I think that comes from the PR background of looking at all the channels, looking at our audience, what are we trying to achieve, who are we trying to communicate with, uh, you know, what is the take-out message that we want and not be too um, uh, prescriptive with the channel. Let's find out what we need to do and then work out the channels around it. And so I think PR people today need to be channel planners, but they need to be cross everything. Oh, um, yeah. and, then, and then they can start going deep wherever necessary. But I think that you need to be able to join dots if you're in a, in a, in a PR sense, uh, if you want to be a strategist, and, and, and you, you learn wide and then you go deep when you're ready to go deep. I'm just reading the Experts Podcast uh, editorial guidelines here, Trevor. It says here, one, have fun. Box ticked here. <laughs> Find interesting guests. Box ticked here. Yes. But talk media. And also be a Geelong Cat supporter. Oh, no, no, hang on. Finally, we've ticked that box. Finally. Fantastic. Oh, well, for, for everyone that's listening now, we I have two Geelong Cats tragics here. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. This is the greatest day of my podcast career, Nick Hayes. All oh, right. Right. Well, we'll have to get some we'll have to get uh, one of the oh god, I don't even know anyone from Geelong these days. It's they I can tell you this, they're not going to make the top 8 this year. I'm going to I'm going to put it down to you now. I'm oh, just saying whoa. it now. Hey, um, Trevor, it would be remiss of me not to talk media with you. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Geelong are very good. Um, they're only one. They were only two kicks away from being zero and three, just quietly. But um, Trev, Trev, you during the pandemic, you you jumped on Ticker TV approach. You had a little show on there, and I loved it because it was just in my game. It's yeah. communications. It was media. It was Great PR. Show. It was everything there. Um, what was that like, Trev? Because I think you know that. That set about its challenges. I think it even happened before COVID, though, didn't it? It was you. You were up and about. Uh, before oh yes, then. yes. How, yes, how yes, did that all come together? Probably. And did you enjoy it? Because I, I, I miss it. I wish it was still on air. 
<laughs> Listen, it was a great learning experience. It's it, it done like a TV, you know, for all t- intents and purposes. It's a, it's a TV show and it's live and you've got auto cues and, you know, um, guests in the studio and then when COVID hit, guests not in the studio. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm a bit of a crash test dummy. I, or someone's to say a dummy, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I like experimenting with all of these different tools and different outlets and that sort of thing. So I embraced it and, um, you know, not really knowing too much. Well, I mean, I knew about media and stuff like that, but I've never really used an auto cue and things like that. So, but I enjoy putting together a show, which I do, you know, with, with my podcast, Reputation Revolution. But I like the putting together, curating guests is what I really like doing and getting, uh, you know, themes from X amount of guests or creating a theme around a show. Um, I think that, you know, giving people a voice, uh, other experts out there, uh, I'm a massive believer. In fact, my whole business net today, these days, is based around experts and credible uh, professionals and entrepreneurs and leaders who, you know, have got a story to tell, um, have got great wisdom and knowledge to get out there. And, and some of the ones that have got most of that are the most reluctant to get it out there. So um, true. They're, they're, they're often the most reluctant to, you know, put out a blog or do a video or something like that. Uh, yet they've got 20 to 30 years in the trenches experience. And they're the ones we want to hear from. Oh. Uh, the real bona fide the real bona fide influences, the real, well, they're not influences at this point if they haven't got a profile. Yeah. But that's what I love. I love being on ticket because I could tell those those stories of people and get it out of them and add value to people. And and um, and I like the concept of ticker that it's, you know, it's it's, it's a bona fide news channel uh, and people can watch it however they want to watch it. And that's, you, you talked earlier, uh, Nick, about the audience and what their requirements are. Their requirements are on-demand I want, to, I want to be able to find the information that's right for me or the media channel that's right for me, a trusted source. Sure. And I think as, as, as thought leaders, as brands or whatever you're trying to achieve, your goal should be to become the source, the trusted source of information. And that means showing up across multiple channels, adding value, being generous, uh, making it about the audience, uh, less, less selling, more, more educating, uh, a little bit of entertaining doesn't go astray either. Oh, Trevor Young. Always content gold from Trevor oh, Young. Oh, so Lana. much gold. I've Did just been sitting here nodding for the whole, you know, 30-odd minutes. I thought she was listening to Bohemian Rhapsody at one moment there, <laughs> Trevor. She was banging her head that much. It's true. It's all true. Content gold. No, absolutely gorgeous. Mate, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on there and I, on the show. And I think that, um, you know, from what you've just started, from back at the first minute right through to the last 30, we've – We've just got those really smart communication pieces that I think as all communicators, we've got to really start to adapt and go with what is going on right now and have respect for your audience, have respect for uh, your content and what you're producing and always, you know, do it in a measured way. And I'm going to do a call out to everyone. If If you're interested Get in contact with Trevor Young because he is the PR and communications master here. Reach out to him. And, Trev, how do we reach out to you? Uh, if you're on Twitter, I'm very easy. I'm Trevor Young on that. Uh, please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I uh, spend a lot of time there. And uh, my website's trevoryoung.me. Uh, that's that's more about me. And then prwarrior.com is, is the blog. And Reputation Revolution is the podcast. 
Get onto so the podcast. Many touch I'm easy points. to find. Yeah, great. You are easy to find. But I'm, I'm talking to all the brands out there. Have a chat to Trevor. I think that just have a reach out because I think if, you, you are the person I go to when I need to find out this kind of content, this kind of stuff, and, and also to keep me in track. Sometimes I go off into different tangents. No, thinking, no that pa- doesn't pa- sound pa- like you. Apparently <laughs> I do, Lana. Apparently I do. <laughs> Trevor, great to have you on the Experts Podcast. Thank um, you, Nick. you define Thank expert. You, you define expert, and uh, it's brilliant to have you on. Another good one, Lana? Yeah, what a what a pleasure to chat to uh, the PR warrior himself. The PR warrior, Trevor Young. And Geelong Cat supporter. He's a, he's a Geelong Cat supporter. <laughs> no, I think you guys will go deep into the eight this year, but I tell you what, <laughs> it's going to be a Sydney. I can't talk. I'm a North Melbourne supporter, so that's all done for for me. Hey, but I tell you what's not done for next week. We'll have another expert can't or wait. another media commentator. Look forward to Until it. Until then, see you then. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.